Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Well, he just won't go away, will he? I'm talking about legal heir, heir to a multi-million dollar legal dynasty, Alex Murdoch, the one who is now charged in the murder of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. Remember him? The one who got shot mysteriously by an unknown assailant on a rural road? Well, now it's out. Alex Murdoch, who has fleeced his clients for millions and millions of dollars, Most of it went straight up his nose. He now has revealed what really happened. Guess what really happened? South Carolina legal star Alex Murdoch claims it was his cousin who murdered his wife and his son. In fact, the same cousin that shot him in the head. Well, my first question would be, Well, if your cousin shot you in the head on an old dirt road, then why did you tell police it was an unknown assailant that drove back and forth, eyeing you, came back to shoot you? How come you didn't tell them that then? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. You know what I love? Almost as much as I love putting a bad guy behind bars. I love it when they talk. I love it when they try to lie their way out of the hole they dug themselves. Joining me in All-Star Panel to make sense of what we know right now. But first, I want to go to a special guest joining us, Ann Emerson, Senior Investigative Reporter, WCIV, ABC News in Charleston, and the star of award-winning podcast, Unsolved South Carolina, the Murdoch Murders Money and Mystery. And take a listen to this. 
Well, this new filing indicates that they believe Eddie Smith could have had something to do with the murders of Murdoch's wife and son, and investigators turned a, quote, blind eye. The court documents stop short of blaming Smith outright for the crimes, but do point to a polygraph test conducted on Smith by a sled agent in May of this year. Now, Smith reportedly failed this test three times, twice when asked if he shot Maggie and Paul and if he was present when they were. But Smith denied that he was anywhere near the crime scene at the time and had friends at his home the evening of the murders. You are hearing our friends at WCSC and Emerson. What is happening? Because, you know, uh, as soon as Alex Murdoch points to his cousin, which he has now done, that he's the, quote, real killer, the cousin is going to come up with an alibi. And now he, Murdoch, and his legal team is stuck with this accusation. They're in it now. They can't get out of it. That's what they've got to go to trial with. Well, they've, this is incredible, Nancy. You know, every time we think we know which way this uh, story is going, it, it gives us another twist and turn, doesn't it? And with Eddie Smith now being um, at the, the bullseye of the whole defense for Alec Murdoch's attorneys, you start seeing the pieces of the puzzle come together for sure. I mean, we have been hearing about this guy ever since the uh, uh, alleged assisted suicide attempt back in Labor Day of 2021. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. The alleged assisted suicide attempt. Now, let, let's be clear. What you're talking about is when Alex Murdoch got shot in the head on the dirt road. Jackie, can you pull up the sound where he claims it was an unknown assailant in a truck driving by? And remember, uh, and the truck went all the way down the road and then comes back and then shoots him. At that time, he said he didn't know who did it. Remember that? He said he was on this dirt road uh, fixing a flat tire or some problem with his, his vehicle, which we then found out his vehicle has those tires that never go flat. Anyway, that was a lie. Then he got to the story of assisted suicide. Remember, his story changed several times. At first, it was an unknown assailant. Remember that, Anne? I do remember that. And I remember getting the call. I, I actually was uh, talking to his lawyer, Jim Griffin, the day that story came out. And all we knew for a few minutes, at least, was that he was shot, that 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 Alec Murdoch had been shot and he was getting to a hospital. Oh, dear Lord in heaven. Ann Emerson, Joe Scott, do you remember when Alex Murdoch came into court after he had been, quote, shot in the head with serious <laughs> brain injury? Oh, yeah. I do. He had on a Band-Aid. He had on yeah. a Band-Aid. The only thing that could have made it worse if he, if he had an action star like Superman Band-Aid. He had on a Band-Aid about this big, a little one. Yeah. You know when you buy yeah. the box. Joe Scott, let me finish. You know when you buy the box of assorted Band-Aids and they've got the really big one that nobody can ever use and then the correct size and they have the little bitty ones. It was one like that. It was stuck on his head. That was the, sh the shot to the head. There was no brain injury. Nothing like that at all. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I've got a few SpongeBob Band-Aids at my house for my grandbabies, and they could have used <laughs> one of those on there. I was thinking, you know, that he may have, you know, because gun even Gray's gunshot wounds, you can have an underlying skull fracture, and it's a concussive event. How many times have I told you to speak English? <laughs> Regular people, dummy down for me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want, wait, is this the one 911 call where he's shot on the side of the road? Is that the one you've done? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hit it, Jackie. Hampton County 911, where's your emergency? Yes, um, we're on Sakahatchee Road, and uh -huh. there is a man on the side of the road with blood all over him, and he's waving his hands. He just laying there, fleet, weaving his hands around? Fine. He looks fine, but it kind of looks like a setup, so we didn't stop. Oh, I don't blame you. What area of Sockahatchee Road are you on? All I can tell you is we're like halfway down Sockahatchee Road. Did you hear that? It looks like a setup. That That's what she said. And the guy is fine, except he's, quote, laying there, waving his hands, or standing there. You have more for me, Jackie? I do. Go ahead. Okay, What's going on? I stop. I got a flat tire, mm -hmm. and I stopped, and somebody stopped to help me. And when I turned my back, they tried to shoot me. Oh, okay. Were you shot? Yes. 
but okay. I mean, I'm okay. You shot where? Where were you shot at? Huh? Did they actually shoot you or they tried to shoot you? They shot me, but... Uh, okay, wait, you need EMS? Uh, well, I mean, yes, I, I can't drive. Okay. I'm seeing and I'm bleeding a lot. Where, where part of your body? Uh, I'm not sure, somewhere on my head. Your head? Somebody just stopped for me, ma'am, um, for 911. Did you hear that? Okay. Hold on, Joe Scott Morgan. Feel free to jump in and interrupt Dr. Michelle Dupree. Okay. Because Dr. Dupree joining me from South Carolina, forensic pathologist, medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Really? This is a guy standing by the side of the road waving his arms, can call 911 and go, hello, um, I was changing my tire and someone offered to help me and then they shot me from behind. He is no, he no more has a brain injury than the man in the moon. He's fine. And now he's saying this is the cousin who shot him and he lied about it. I mean, maybe I have a hearing problem, but Jackie, Sydney, did you hear him say my cousin just shot me in the head? I didn't hear that. Did anybody? Okay. They're not looking, but I think that they, in their heart, they mean to say, no, they didn't hear that. What, what about it, Dupree? This is crazy. When we heard that, nobody believed it. Not even in the beginning. Did you hear the 911 dispatch, Dr. Dupree? She's like, well, what? <laughs> she said, well, can you drive? You sound fine, basically, is what she was saying. I mean, uh, yeah, she does this, really. And to stop and have a flat tire and him change it, he has a car that you can drive for 50 miles on a flat tire. This is crazy. Okay, Joe Scott, jump in because that is not a brain injury. And now he's saying the cousin that shot him murdered Maggie and Paul. He's obviously lying. Yeah, I I think that he is because the story just keeps flip-flopping. And that's one of the things that SLED, the South South Carolina law enforcement agency, is looking at in this. Because anytime a suspect begins to change their story, over and over. And look, it's not just about this guy this one time. It's about everything else going back in the past relative to this case that just doesn't match up. And so that's a problem. And that goes to his, I don't know, ver- you attorneys, the his veracity, I guess, as, as a potential uh, victim in this case. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. 
Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. With me, Jessica Garth, Chief of the Special Victims and Family Violence Unit at Prince George County, Maryland. Jessica, I want you to listen. I've just got to play one more. And I'm hoping, I'm not getting a really clear description, but that's okay. I'm hoping this is Alex Murdoch talking some more on 911. Go ahead. Well, let me get my deputies in that area to see what's going on. Can you give me a description of that mail? Uh, I'm going to say he's probably in his 40s. Okay. He's not very large, but he's kind of heavyset, white hair, and it's a black, some kind of SUV, like a smaller Kia SUV or something. Uh Uh-huh. Kia. And it stopped where he's at? So what? The SUV is right where he's at as well? He's pulled over on the side of the road. There's no damage to the SUV. He's Mm -hmm. got the caution lights on. Okay. the The trunk of it was open. Okay. All right. Well, let me get my deputies headed to that area. Okay. Jessica Garth, fellow lawyer, you know the prosecutors are just laughing into their fists because there's nothing better than the defendant charged with double murder and so much more pointing to a third party and actually naming them. Now, it's one thing if you say, well, this guy looked like this, you know, heavy set, white male in his 40s. Uh, driving a Kia, but then when you actually say, it was my cousin, I just love that because then you can get the cousin's alibi and show the defendant is outright lying through his teeth. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, Nancy. I mean, it's it's great when, when defendants talk because every time they give an inconsistent story is something that we can use in court. Um, and I agree with you 100%. You know, he's basically locking himself into, you know, this other theory about his cousin. Um, you know, being the killer in this case. So, you know, if this goes to trial and he tries to put forth any other theory, I mean, he's basically backed himself into a corner. You know, he's he's locked into this. Um, and I assume, you know, the state in this case is going to look into alibis for his cousin. And, and I'm sure they're just, you know, thrilled to have an idea of what the defense's theory is going to be. I mean, in, in this case, you hear a lot about, um, you know, prosecution by surprise and gotcha prosecution. But, you know, the the prosecution has to turn over discovery to the defense. Uh, but it's actually the defense in, in many cases who doesn't have to put forward their theory to the state, to the prosecution. Um, they don't actually have to put on a defense at all. You know, they can just sit there and make the state prove their case. So when you have um, a defendant and his counsel who's willing to give this much information about what they're going to do, it's a gift. Truly, it is. You know, you're right. What a lot of people don't understand, Jessica Garth, is exactly what you just said. Under the rules of evidence that have been interpreted uh, through our Constitution, the state is basically required to hand over its entire file to the defense. You've got to tell them every witness, how to reach the witness, the address, the phone number if you've got it. You've got to give them all of your scientific evidence, which is the medical examiner, forensics, ballistics, everything. You have to give them all of your scientific reports, what the ballistics said, what the autopsy said, what the fiber evidence said, what the blood evidence said, including addresses and phone numbers for those experts. In many jurisdictions, the defense doesn't have to hand over anything at all to the state. Um, They are supposed to hand over scientific reports and witnesses so the state can read them and prepare a rebuttal at trial, for trial. That said, that's just about it. You never have a defendant give you their whole theory to the defense beforehand. It's like you're playing checkers or chess, and you tell the other side, well, the first thing I'm going to do 
is blah, blah, blah. Then the next thing is blah, and then I'll checkmate. No, that is what is happening right here. It's giving the state a chance to torpedo the defense before they ever have opening statements. Now, speaking of what Jessica Garth just said, joining us out of Prince George's County, Take a listen to our cut 102, our friends at WIST. Smith told investigators he had an alibi the night of the crime with three witnesses at his home and that he heard that Paul Murdoch had caught Maggie Murdoch, his mother, with a groundskeeper she had a reported relationship with and he might be to blame for the murders as well as that uh, groundskeeper. Now, the defense team also writes that the state has a weak circumstantial case at this time, basing it, the entirety of it on Murdoch's location at the crime scene within the hour of their deaths and a small amount of Maggie's blood on his shirt, when uh, which they claim transferred when he, quote, frantically attended his wife's bloody corpse. No, absolutely not. Joe Scott Morgan, the blood on Alex Murdoch's clothing it's not a transfer mark that, no, for instance, not. if um, I stab Jackie again <laughs> and then I go to her and she reaches out and we get a transfer from blood from her to me. Yeah. A transfer. Like I hug her and I right. get her blood on my shirt. It's a transfer. That's very different from a high velocity impact yeah. spatter. It's like, yeah. once you're used to it, it's like flipping a light on and off. What's the difference in a high-velocity impact spatter, Joe Scott Morgan? Yeah, well, we, we, measure, uh, we measure this in, in velocity. So we've got low, medium, and high. And with high, that generally, in most cases, originates from a firearm. That means it's going to blow back onto the individual if they're standing over. I tell people, take an aerosol can of hairspray, go to your mirror, and just tap it one time in that fine little histamine spray that comes out and adheres to that glass, that gives you an example of what high velocity looks like. It's very tiny. It's not a big smear or a swipe or a wipe or a transfer. Or a drop. Yes, it is not a drop. Trust Here's me. Here's a good example. Remember when Travis Alexander was stabbed dead about 30 times by Jody Arias? Oh, yeah. Before yep. she shot him in the head? Yes. He walked, managed to somehow, I guess after the first shot, walked to his mirror in his bathroom yep. and looked at himself dying and blood dropped, we think, from his nose onto the bathroom countertop, like where the sink is. Right. And that one drop is like a little round drop as opposed to a high velocity spray. That's what we're talking about. So, Ann Emerson, what do you make of Alex Murdoch, uh, who has been stealing millions of dollars? Got, I think we counted up five dead bodies connected to him or his family. Stealing millions and millions of dollars. I don't know what these judges and the law firm was doing, just sitting with their thumb up their rear end during all of this theft from clients. But what do you make now of him claiming changing his story from an unknown assailant to his cousin did it? Well, I, he absolutely, uh, things started circling him pretty quickly as soon as they realized that, that that Mercedes could have driven another 50 miles. I think that he already knew he was in trouble then. And then I think cousin Eddie with, uh, with the story that he came out with, I mean, he, as soon as, as soon as Alec Murdoch starts going after him and his lawyers start start looking at Eddie Smith as the person, Eddie Smith's like, hold on. And he tells me in an interview, I actually went there because he called me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Ann Emerson, guys, Ann Emerson, senior investigative reporter, WCIV, ABC News 4, and she's got this incredible podcast. I've got Unsolved South Carolina, the Murdoch Murders, Money, and Mystery. Is that the name of it, Ann? It is. Okay, which is an incredible podcast. Guys, she actually speaks to the cousin Murdoch is blaming. His name is Curtis Eddie Smith. Okay, that said, I just want everybody to know what we're talking about here. Tell me what happened and don't leave anything out. Well, what, what happens is when we sit down and talk to Eddie Smith, it's like about a month after this has all come out that, that now Eddie's being um, targeted as you know, that he had gone in for this assisted suicide attempt. When Eddie gets to the place, what he tells us is that he sees a desperate man that wants to kill himself. 
And he goes up to him, he grabs the gun. There's a little bit of a uh, shuffle back and forth um, and, and saves him from getting shot. But the, the, the gun goes off and he says that he leaves um, because Alex says, I'm fine. I'm fine. But he takes the gun with him and he takes off. He's like, under no circumstances was I there to actually go and um, help him kill himself. Okay, so wait a minute. Uh, Anne, you do know I am not swallowing this hook, line, and sinker. So I'm supposed to believe that out of the blue, the cousin shows up on the road where Alex Murdoch happens to be on this rural road, and then they have this struggle. Okay, okay, so he calls him. And says, I need you here. Okay, eh, go ahead. I'm skeptical, but go ahead. Well, I mean, I think everybody is, and it's incredibly difficult to nail down who's telling the truth because there are just so many layers of lies that we've been told in this story already. But, you know, what we, what we learned from Eddie in that interview, what he shared with me, which doesn't, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense with all of the, the allegations right now, um, that he saw Alec Murdoch like a brother. He was like a brother. He said he was like a brother to him and he felt betrayed by the, and we were just at the, we were not even at where we're at today where he's saying his lawyers are now, um, you know, making these allegations that Eddie Smith was the one that killed Maggie and Paul. We were just at the assisted suicide attempt. Uh, but then, then Eddie Smith's story, of course, we know he's behind bars right now for a string of, of, alleged crimes that he was involved with Alec Murdoch over the over a almost I what is it almost a decade millions and millions of dollars for those of you just joining us South Carolina legal heir multimillionaire Alex Murdoch has now come out with it he names the person that he says is the quote real killer of wife Maggie and son Paul the hitman and the hitman is his own cousin. He also claims his cousin, Curtis Smith, is the one who shot him, Murdoch, as well. Now, the cousin, Curtis Eddie Smith, claims to have an alibi. What do we know of the alibi, Ann Emerson? Well, according to, to Eddie Smith, he was at home with buddies. And the, the issue is that they're at right now between the defense and the prosecutors. From what I can tell, we're still waiting to hear what the AG's got to say about this. But what we're hearing is that Eddie said that he was, um, that his girlfriend, Donna Eason, can, can uh, testify that he was where he was, um, that he was at home. He's got a couple of buddies. But the concern from the defense attorneys is that they waited so long to reach out to these friends that were supposed to be at the home with Eddie Smith, that there would have been time um, for Eddie to get to them to say something. Okay, hold on, hold on. The defense claims who waited so long to reach out? Sled. Well, wait, why should Sled? Sled thinks they've got their man, and that's Alec Murdoch. If anybody should reach out to defense witnesses, it would be the defense. Uh, Anyway, anybody can reach out. Anybody can make that phone call. Anybody can show up with a subpoena if you're an officer of the court. So don't throw that on the state that they did something wrong. Bottom line, you know what? They can all claim they were here, there, or yonder. All they have to do is get their cell phone records and ping out where these people were. Because guess what? Cell phone records show Alex Murdoch was at the scene of the murder at the time of the murder. Guys, in a bombshell breakthrough in the Alex Murdoch case, uh, Murdoch now facing trial for the murder of his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul, we're hearing more about what the cousin friend, Curtis Smith, had to say. He comes up with this crazy theory that Maggie is having an affair with a groundskeeper. Let's play that cut 102 one more time, Jackie. 
Smith told investigators he had an alibi the night of the crime with three witnesses at his home and that he heard that Paul Murdoch had caught Maggie Murdoch, his mother, with a groundskeeper she had a reported relationship with and he might be to blame for the murders as well as that uh, groundskeeper. Now the defense team also writes that the state has a weak circumstantial case at this time basing it, the entirety of it on Murdoch's location at the crime scene within the hour of their deaths and a small amount of Maggie's blood on his shirt when uh, which they claim transferred when he quote frantically attended his wife's bloody corpse. Just got Morgan. I don't know that that's exactly how I would describe the cell phone data that places Alex Murdoch at the scene of the murders? No, no, I, I certainly wouldn't. I think that it's it's rock solid uh, to tell the truth. You know, when it's pinging and you can triangulate the location of an individual, uh, it's pretty damning evidence as far as I'm concerned. These phones that we carry around with us everywhere nowadays, like a millstone around our neck, they track us everywhere we go. You know, it gives us a position relative to where we are on a daily basis. And also, if the cousin was there, where's his cell phone data as well? So, long story short, we don't have to take his word for it because you know either him, the cousin, or he, the cousin, or one of the three alibi witnesses are going to have their cell phones and... They're going to show where they were at the time of the murder. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Chris Byers joining us, former police chief Johns Creek, 
25 years on the force, now private investigator and polygrapher. You can find him at Chris Byers Investigations and Polygraphy. Chris, take a listen to our cut 104. Attorneys Dick Harpootlin and Jim Griffin have filed a motion seeking evidence which could indicate a potential co-conspirator in this crime, particularly Curtis Eddie Smith. According to the motion, and according to law enforcement sources who have independently verified this information to Fitz News, Smith was given a polygraph examination in connection with this investigation, specifically asked whether or not he had anything to do with the murders of Maggie Murdoch and Paul Murdoch, which again, Alec Murdoch is facing two murder charges in connection with their deaths. According to my sources, yes, Smith was administered a polygraph. Yes, Smith did fail that polygraph. And one, one of my sources in law enforcement said he failed it, quote, badly, end quote. That was Will Folks, the founder of Fit News. Okay, Chris Byers. Yeah, he probably did, he probably did fail a polygraph. I'm talking about the cousin. But uh, who knows what he was really lying about. He could have been lying about being high on dope. He could have been lying about selling meth or whatever it was he had. He could have been lying about having an affair with somebody. He could have been lying about anything. That's like me dragging Sydney in, strapping up to a polygraph. And I say, did you commit the murder amongst other questions? And she says, no. And she fails the polygraph. Well, she may have failed the polygraph because I also asked her, did you get drunk as a skunk this weekend? And she said, no, that could have been why she failed the polygraph. I don't know why she failed the polygraph, but I do know I trust those pings of the cell phones of Curtis Edward Smith and his three friends the night of the murders and the pings on Murdoch's phone show him there at the scene of the double murder of his wife and his son, and he has high-velocity human matter, blood, on his clothes that you only get if you're 36 inches or less from the shooting. That's what I know. So tell me about him, the uh, new suspect. I'll just call him that. Curtis Edward Smith, the cousin. Tell me about him failing his poly. Well, first of all, the picture that the defense has put out is the proof of him failing the polygraph shows absolutely nothing. Um, you would have to see the polygraph report uh, that the captain from SLED did. And, and it's all about polygraph is all about that pretest interview and getting the questions exactly right and making sure that the person that you are about to conduct the test on understands the questions properly. Um, but, I've seen nothing in what the defense has put out to to prove that, uh, to show that. Again, really have to see the, the polygraph report that the captain did. But that picture is is absolutely garbage. You know, not everybody has seen the picture, Chris Byers. Explain. So they've got an exploded picture um, of the polygraph examiner and the polygraph going on, and they're showing this one huge, what they're calling a response. So you've got the line going across horizontal and they've got this vertical line that they're claiming is a response but in looking at it first of all there's the lines that are running vertical is showing when the examiner's asking a question and the response that they're talking about is coming before the question bar is even there and it's a it's a they're saying it's a crazy response and it is a crazy response and that normally means it's some type of interference like that they moved or something else it, it it's your response is you have to look at the reason you do like two and three different charts. You have to compare each of the charts and make sure that they're all similar. And one is not just huge and, and doesn't look like the rest of them. And you can even see on this chart, I'm assuming this line that they're showing is the electrodermal activity plates. Um, and right underneath it is the heart rate. And you've got the EDA response going up and the heart rate going down. They should be going in the same direction together. So this picture means absolutely nothing. Uh, it's all about what the captain put in his report and um, which questions that he hit on. You know, one of the one of the newscasts that you played earlier said that he failed it three times. There's no such thing. There's either deception indicated or no deception indicated. That's the only way the captain would have scored the chart. So what do you make of what the defense is claiming about this poly? I would really have to know exactly how. The, I mean, the questions that they're showing in the news report that I have, um, did you shoot either of those people at the property on Moselle Road? 
and were you present with either of the people who shot at the property on Moselle Road? Those are that is a direct question, and then there's the evidence connecting question. Um, he could have failed it because he maybe knew or suspected um, anything. He had any type of knowledge, and it's all about reading that report and seeing how the investigator did the pretest, how he got the physiological responses, how he really set that question set. Um, I'm not even sure what type, if he did a probable lie or a directed lie. Um, it's, it's all about, you've got to see it all. You know, you're an expert in this. Uh, everybody else, including myself, is not. But I do know this. Number one, polygraphs are not allowed in a criminal case unless both parties stipulate before the polygraph that it will come into evidence. Number one. Number two, whenever I would be presented with a polygraph by a defense attorney going, my guy didn't do it. Look, he passed the polygraph. I'm like, okay, let's take a look at it. Who gave the polygraph? Is it somebody you hired or is it an independent polygrapher? Is it someone the state uses um, or is it your cousin, the polygrapher down the street? Also, I want to see the questions. Which question do I see disturbance? That's what I call it. When you get a different, think of those uh, machines beside your bed at the hospital and they show your heartbeat and they show your blood pressure and your breathing. If suddenly one of those squiggly lines starts going haywire, that's what I'm looking for on a polygraph. And when you're talking about the questions, the question would have to be something like, were you at the scene of the crime when Maggie Murdoch was shot. Did you pull the trigger and kill Ma- Maggie Murdoch? Not were you involved? Because as you said, Chris Byers, involvement could be he told me about it after. I covered up for him. I lied about it. You know, it could be any sort of involvement. And when you say no, then you get a bad polygraph. So you want to see the questions and the lead up to the questions, right? It's all about that pretest interview. Um, I've always said polygraph is as good or bad as the examiner. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say that the SLED investigators and examiners, I've, I've been to conferences, trained with those guys, and they're excellent at what they do. Um, but yeah, it's all about the questions. It's just like you said, did you, you can't even reference, did you kill someone? Because you have to get into their mind and they can think, well, hey, I shot them four times, but I don't know if they were dead or not. You're right. You have to, You're the right. The questions have to be, did you hold the gun that shot? I mean, that's why those are, yeah. the, the questions are so important and you can just miss it by just a little bit and give them any type of excuse in their mind and they're going to, that, that's what's going to hit on that question. They're going to pass. Yep. You're right. It's all about the question, the phraseology, and the lead-up, which leads me to Dr. Sherry Schwartz. Hey, uh, anybody on the panel, if you suddenly have a thought about what we're talking about, for Pete's sake, jump in. I mean, you are the brain trust. Dr. Sherry Schwartz is joining us, forensic psychologist, specializing in capital cases like this. She's at panthermitigation.com. She wrote... Criminal behavior, and she also wrote where law and psychology intersect issues in legal psychology. And boy, do we need you, Dr. Sherry Schwartz. Dr. Sherry, um, how is it? Now, my husband will say this is his excuse: a, a, a rat on a sinking ship will jump onto anything. They'll grab a hold of anything, and you'll all go down. I was about to say, why do people? tell fantastical lies to get out of trouble and it's obviously a lie and i'm not saying curtis eddie smith is an angel because he ain't he is far from it but is is murdoch so arrogant that he thinks sled won't check out his cousin's alibi for the time of the uh shootings well it's, I never met Alex Murdoch, so I don't know for sure. That's good for you. Good on you. It certainly seems like the evidence points toward this idea that he's untouchable uh, because the Murdoch family has really been untouchable in many ways through for, I think, 100 years-ish or something when the law firm was originally established. 
So they're quite powerful in that area. And you're right. Eddie Smith is no angel. (laughs) But wait a minute, Dr. Sherry Schwartz. That's what I would always argue to juries. Yeah, this witness is no angel. But who do you think the defendant's hanging around with? Nuns and priests and virgins? H-E-L-L. N-O. He's hanging around with Correct. this guy right here. So that's the witness. Get up there and start testifying. Bottom line, I don't expect him to be an angel, right? Right. So what about Murdoch and his story? Does he think we're not going to check it out? Uh, he probably doesn't really think that far ahead because really in his life, he's never really had to justify any of his actions, right? He, uh, I'm imagining that the, the Murdoch name carries a lot of um, power. And so it's just a matter of Murdoch said it, so it must be true. And let's just go on about our day. And to answer your question about why do people try to get out of trouble? Well, I mean, he, he's got a lot to lose, especially in this case, because he's looking at possibly the death penalty. And if not, decades in prison. Well, and also, go ahead, Ann. I was going to ask you about that cell phone video that's taken at the time of the shooting, but we'll circle back. Jump in. Oh, okay. No, I was just going to say, like, once again, like, just talking about the psychology of this case, I mean, Eddie Smith very much said that this, this, uh, that Alec Murdoch was, was incredibly close to him, that he felt an allegiance to him, that he would do anything for him. He basically said this in the interview with me. So this is a person who obviously, uh, look to Alec as someone he was very close to. And, and I don't think you can ignore when somebody tells you something, you have to believe them to that degree when they're just talking about somebody. So if that's the case, then you have somebody who already has already shown an enormous amount of allegiance in these allegations of, um, of, of different, of different crimes that, that the state's going after uh, Carter Seti Smith for. You know, everything from from his involvement in drug deals, uh, allegedly to his involvement in money laundering for uh, Alec Murdoch. So there's that. But now one thing that I think is really interesting here is that they keep on it, the, the defense attorneys for Alec Murdoch keep on going back to what they don't feel like they're getting. They feel like they've keyed on Alec the whole time. That's something that they really talked about and harped on in these, in this motion to compel. They said that SLED didn't properly investigate um, other possible suspects because they want to use Eddie Smith against Alec Murdoch. And they feel like that, so to me, that was a really interesting part of this motion to compel is that they want more uh, DNA and gunshot residue analysis of Maggie and Paul's clothes and if that analysis doesn't exist, is an, is a defense um, argument that Sled isn't properly investigating other suspects that they were always looking at Alex. So to me, that was an interesting well, it's part all, of, um, I think somebody else is jumping in. Go ahead. Sorry, this is um, Doc. It's also very interesting that right at the time of the two murders, the law enforcement came out almost immediately and said that the community didn't have anything to worry about. And so to me, absolutely, that, that says that, you know, they have an idea of what's going on anyway. I mean, certainly they have to investigate, but that was, I think, very unusual. They knew from, from the onset that this was a targeted attack. You're right. And Emerson, what can you tell me about cell phone video taken just before the shooting? Oh, this is, this is a huge revelation that we were, we were hearing about a few months ago. Um, in another twist, uh, there was cell phone video that was on Paul's phone. Supposedly, he was taking some videos of a dog that he was um, keeping uh, at the kennels. And he was there. And there are very, two very different accounts of what that video um, shows as far as the mood and the feeling behind the people that were in that video. You're supposed to be able to see um, and hear uh you're you're able to hear Alec and Maggie and Paul talking from what I understand. And, you know, that what the defense argues is that that was not an angry conversation. Who cares? It places him, Alex Murdoch, at the crime scene, at the double murder with the two victims, just the three of them at the time of the murders. That's the significance. I don't care if they were arguing or not arguing. He's there at the scene. And that's and that's what they've got to get to. That's what they've got to get to is exactly when those murders occurred and whether or not that video actually is 
within that time frame. That is what the defense is going to try and poke holes into, saying that that was not that that doesn't show the exact time. But mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, that's what they're going to keep on arguing. Well, I guess now we know who really did it. Uh, according to Alex Murdoch, sitting in jail on double murder and so much more, it was his cousin. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.